Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. To you getting records, you've been intrusive into people's personal lives. You're confused. You think I'm on trial. These people are on trial for trying to steal an election in 2020. I'm not on trial, no matter how hard you try to put me on trial. I didn't give him money in a contract, so that was cute. But I didn't give him money outside in a contract. What happened? Is, no, we're gonna answer it since you said it. Don't be cute with me and then think that you're not gonna get an answer. When you got cash to pay him back on these trips, would you go to the ATM? No, lady. So the cash that you gave him that could have been used to pay the tax lien off. You gonna tell me how to pay my bills? I'm not going to emasculate a black man. Did you understand that? Wow! This was attitude. A is for attitude. Uh, I almost forgot who this woman was today. She was on every single cable news network. Um, and talking about little details about cash to her boyfriend, from her boyfriend, trips to Aruba. Of course, this is Fani Willis, the DA down there in Atlanta, who has spearheaded that fraud case, that sham case. The case itself is a sham against Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump. This mugshot. This is when he turned himself in when Fani Willis, that crazy woman, excuse me, um, indicted him. I remember when he went down there in the big uh, jet and the caravan and all that stuff. Everybody watched because that woman filed an indictment with the help of her boyfriend. Do you remember that night? I actually talked to Donald Trump after the arrest. He called us. Uh, he called us right here at Newsmax. It's that guy. It's her chief deputy. That's uh, what a big problem is here. We'll get to him in a moment. But first, uh, here's Fani being all. Righteous and all about democracy and all about Trump is a threat to life as we know it. Today, based on information developed by that investigation, a Fulton County grand jury returned a true bill of indictment. I am giving the defendants the opportunity to voluntarily surrender no later than noon on Friday. I make decisions in this office based on the facts and the law. Um, the law is completely nonpartisan. That's how decisions are made in every case. <laughs> the same lady we saw just a few moments ago, right? Uh, she is not this. I think she's more that lady. Um, she indicted Donald Trump. What did Donald Trump do that was so bad? Uh, calling up 
the Georgia Board of Elections, Raffensperger, and saying, I don't like the way you did the vote. I think I won. I think there are more votes out there. Uh, that is totally, totally fine. This is completely absurd that this has happened to Donald Trump. But today, I'm thinking he's feeling very good about this. I'm feeling very good about this, that these prosecutors are being exposed. Now, she leads an office of a couple hundred attorneys. For some reason, she hired this guy that we're zooming in on. His name is Nathan Wade. Well, he has no experience with this type of case. She brought him in as a special contractor, hired him in 2021 for this case, $250 per hour, more than anybody in the office, and that works out to something like, uh, yeah, $600,000. That's a lot of money. And of course, the boyfriend of Fonnie Willis. Apparently, they're no longer going out, but they're still friends, but uh, it's all very fishy. I mean, here's what some defendants are saying, with good reason. Is she pursuing justice, or is this whole case just an excuse for her to hang out with this guy, go on vacation with his money to places like Aruba, the Bahamas, Belize, Napa Valley, a cruise? It's totally insane. Look, the defendants are saying this is some sort of shady arrangement for her to profit from, right? Forget justice. She wants to hang out with this guy and get the goodies. It's a legitimate question. She doesn't think so. This attitude that she exhibited, can you imagine anybody else? I've never seen anybody talk like this on the witness stand. I mean, any, only in movies do you get to show this kind of attitude. Take a look such good friends that when you needed a place to stay, you asked her if you could take over her lease. That's a lie. You did not, not move the, into her apartment? I did, her but that's not the way you characterize it is wrong. I asked if you asked if you could take over her lease. Did I did not ask if I could take over her lease. Wow. It's a lie? It's a lie. What's well, the question, first of all? So she didn't take over the lease. Listen to what she says next. My dad was begging me to leave the house. He was afraid for me, afraid for his grandchildren. She wanted someone to take over her lease so that she didn't, you know, have to pay a fee or get abandoned. And so I don't remember when, but probably March or April of 21, I move in and take over her lease. <laughs> she was, you see, all that attitude, all that swagger to disguise the truth that she and this guy we're sharing all kinds of things. She brought him in, totally inappropriate. But the attitude displayed on that stand, who does she think she is? Maybe she's auditioning for MSNBC. That could be. And I think we're seeing some race card playing, definitely. All right, next. You have money in your house. So it was just money that was there. When you meet my father, he's going to tell you as a woman, you should always have which I don't have, so let's don't tell him that. You should have at least six months in cash at your house at all times. Now, I don't know why this old black man feels like that, but he does. When we were growing up, my daddy had three safes in the house. So my father's bought me a lockbox, and I always keep cash in the house. Now, I don't do it to the degree that my father would do it, so he would probably be uh, ashamed with me, but I always have cash at the house. I wonder if he's ashamed with you now. This is the same woman who indicted Trump, huh? The same person who gets to indict a president of the United States with the cash and sharing it with the boyfriend and, I mean, accusing people of lying when they're just asking questions and the question is yes. Next. It's been my 
whole life when I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign. Did you hear that? One more time? One more time on that? My whole life when I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign. She had a lot of cash in the house, like when she took out a lot of money on her first campaign. I don't think you're supposed to bring cash home when you're... T I don't think you're supposed to bring that campaign cash home. I don't even think it's supposed to be in cash, but that's just me. Uh, and I think the law. Next. This place that they do pairings, um, that was the most expensive thing that I think that we did while we were there. So they would pair... Uh, they, they would pair uh, champagne chocolate and champagne chocolate and caviar it was a three and it was like three different things sweden russia someplace else i'll make that up but um that that was the most expensive thing we did that trip yeah that stuff can cost a lot of money the boyfriend is getting a lot of money six hundred thousand dollars in a and he works for the government it's crazy stuff and they're busted and we can all see it next what about the cruise a cruise ship in October, we went with uh, we went on the cruise with his mom. We got back from the cruise with his mom, and we went to Aruba. I consider that one trip. All right, uh, I consider. How do you have this kind of time to investigate and indict Donald Trump when you're going to Aruba, when you're going to Belize? But anyway, oh, I think this is the one where she really kind of loses it. I didn't ask about living. But you put in your, Did while we're talking about professionalism, no, while we're talking about professionalism, she put in three different documents Don't he lived with me. opportunity to respond. I, you know, and then I want to skip ahead to the judge who's really tolerating this. The judge, I mean, I'm sorry, if I were talking like this in, in, in a forum like that, I would be reprimanded. I would be disciplined. So would anybody. But with that chip on her shoulder, she's actually getting away with it in a weird way. Listen to the judge. He's just kind of coddling her. I think we need to get back on track of focusing on the financial benefit or the relationship. We're not dealing with privilege through a witness. And I'm not, no, 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 I'm not dealing with privilege. What um, we had offered to put them in camera for the court to review. For the two cruises, judge, I asked cruise if she gave him written proof. We're not going to talk over <laughs> Ms. Merchant. She answered your question, so we can ask the next question. Mr. Gillen, are you are using this to confront her with prior statements? Yes, Your Honor. Okay. And statements that she made concerning her concerning her financial situation and laying the foundation for that, and that she gave these interviews uh, to the authors. We could mark it for impeachment purposes. I'm a little wary of entering an entire 300-page book because I don't know exactly what every single line, if it would pass hearsay or relevance or et cetera, et cetera. Just kind of that, that tenor, right? You know, let's be really gentle with this woman because she, she might get angry at us. And she is ultra, ultra sensitive. Uh, take a look at this. You don't have to yell at me. I'm able to understand. I, so I would ask you to not yell at me. But I will and, certainly restate it so it is very accurate. Okay. And please do not yell at me. I, I, I didn't think it was yelling. I mean, that's not yelling. Uh, but anyway, that's how she played it. I think it's blowing up uh, on her and this guy, the boyfriend. Again, it looks like this Trump indictment in Atlanta was just a scheme so these two could hang out together and share money. He's paid an exorbitant amount of money and he has no experience in this stuff. Um, 
and I think he might have more than one girlfriend. I don't know for sure, but uh, there's a there's an indication. Take a look. Mr. Wade, I'm, I'm not asking you to go through a thousand pages of records. I'm asking if you remember paying for a cabin six months ago in Tennessee. No. You remember booking a cabin? I booked lots of cabins. Lots of cabins. What's that all about? I mean, who books lots of cabins? I was at a cabin once. Boy Scout camp. I don't go to lots of cabins. But hey, whatever. Uh, next. Did you go to a cabin with Miss Willis ever? Ever. Ever. See what I mean about the other girlfriends? All right, but look, I got to say this about this guy. He went through a divorce or was going through a divorce, but they put off the divorce. And for a reason that kind of got me right here. You know what? I don't hate, I don't like everybody, but I don't hate anybody. I love everybody. And there was a reason why he put off the divorce that kind of got me. And uh, I don't know, maybe it'll get you too, in a good way. My marriage was irretrievably broken in 2015, ma'am, um, by agreement. Um, my wife and I agreed that uh, once she had the affair in 2015, that we'd get a divorce. Um, we didn't get a divorce immediately because my children were still in school and I refused to allow them to grow up without their father at the time. So we waited. We waited until the youngest graduated and we dropped her off at college and didn't file for the divorce. I like that. I know couples do that, but uh, I just, I think it's, I think it was a good move and uh, I admire the sentiment. I admire the effort, but I don't admire what these two people and their, their allies have done to President Trump and others who I believe are completely innocent and the victims of a political vendetta. And if you have the, the guts to carry out a political vendetta, well, then you probably have made serious mistakes in other areas, and we're all learning about that in spectacular fashion. I'll be right back. The former president of the United States. And, you know, I wouldn't say Fox has been exactly perfect. Fox has been a big difference of Fox between now and what it was four years ago, as you know. But we have others that come along and they're doing well. And uh, uh, Newsmax has been really good. And, you know, others are coming along. And people are seeing that they're watching these conservative networks. President Trump is right. That's why millions of Americans are tuning into Newsmax for the real news they can trust. So as Fannie, with her attitude, was trying to say everything was normal, uh, hiring that guy who had no experience prosecuting such cases, paying him that kind of money, and then going on trips with him and paying him back with cash, um, it wasn't, I wasn't buying it, but there were people in the fake news who see her as some sort of hero, yeah. Do you know how fundamentally dangerous it is for a, for a prosecutor to have to tell and expose her personal life. 
Just think of the people that she is confronting, that she is prosecuting. I remember being nine months pregnant and someone saying to me, congratulations, and me saying, I'm not pregnant. That's how private you want to keep your life because every single iota, every morsel you convey to the world can be used against you. You could be sitting there in front of a, ju in front of a jury, in front of a defendant, and now your personal life is on display. How do you think that will be used against you? How can your family now be vulnerable? She's talking about where she keeps her money in her home. Gee, there is a security detail. This is extraordinarily dangerous, which tells you the very high stakes of where she is in this moment extraordinarily dangerous give me a break first of all she wants to be safer don't have large amounts of cash at home all right very few people do that i know criminals tend to do that a lot uh and if she's scared about mm, her private life becoming public don't run for public office okay uh and also you know this idea what they're getting at is maga maga extremists pose some sort of a threat all right and it's just another effort to tarnish all of us. And I don't like it. So, A is for attitude from Fonnie Willis and from Joe Biden. Wow, the best defense is an offense, right? Or indignation. Indignation. Joe, he's not about empathy. He's about indignation. You saw this the other night regarding the Her report. Oh, something that everybody else is missing, in my opinion. Take a look. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. Let me tell you something. Some of you have commented, I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of... Every Memorial Day, we hold a service remembering him, attending by friends and family and the people who loved him. I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone to remind me when he passed away or passed away. Joe says he's offended that it was brought up. Now, number one, Joe is the one who keeps bringing up Bo Biden, who I'm sure was a great guy, but he brings him up at the wrong time. When somebody else loses a son or daughter, say in Afghanistan, he's talking about Bo Biden and what happened to him, and somehow he understands, even though Bo did not die in combat, he died in a hospital in Maryland. Anyway, uh, here is the thing that I want to emphasize, though. Oh, yes. Well, let's go to the Her Report first. The Her Report did mention this. In his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember, even within several years, when his son Bo died. He also didn't know when he was vice president, right? So uh, at first, I was kind of puzzled by this. Wow, they really quizzed him about that. Well, Joe was the one who brought it up. Joe does it all the time. We know that. And it's a bid for sympathy. We know that. Joe, you are Busted. But tonight, NBC News has learned that her never asked that question, according to two people familiar with the interview last fall. They say it was the president, not her or his team, who first introduced Bo Biden's death. The sources say the president got the date, May 30th, correct, but not the year. Interesting, right? It rings true, doesn't it? Joe is the one who's always bringing this up. I can't imagine anybody else bringing it. They, he, would, he would get there first. Also, this line was noted in the report. 
uh, a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. The jury would see these kind of traits and say, we don't want to convict this guy. Uh, a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. And this did certainly get some pickup by the news. It would be difficult to get a jury to convict a quote, sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. The White House in damage control over the special counsel report that described the president as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. Here's the thing they all missed. You know, in this report that I read in its entirety, it's very clear to me that they do believe they're being misled, that Joe is not telling the truth. And they resent it. And they resent Joe's indignant denials. We were just talking about indignation. And Joe, well, he's a politician. What all these folks just missed, though, is, put it up on the screen, please, a sympathetic, well-meaning man, right? But here's, it would be a decision, a calculated decision. We have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview of him as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man. Present himself, that this would be a strategy. This would be a decision, right? I'm just Joe and my memory stinks. This is what mobsters do all the time. The famous uh, Chin Giganti with the Genovese crime family. This guy was a criminal mastermind back in the day. But you know how he beat the rap? By pretending he was losing his mind. <laughs> Fate mental illness in bid to avoid prison. And for Joe, he doesn't have to fake that hard. But just a little bit, and he will get all that sympathy. These prosecutors are smart. They're trained investigators, and they did a great job with this report. How about that? The chin. And I'll be right back. This country was made by tax rebels, freedom fighters, gold seekers, believers, lovers, and true patriots. We're Newsmax, and we're their heirs, and so are you. Newsmax TV, real news for real people. All right, you're looking at Coy Griffin, uh, founder of something called Cowboys for Trump. That is on January 6th. Now, he didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anybody. Uh, but he was criminally convicted for his participation, convicted of entering restricted U.S. Capitol grounds, 14 days in jail, uh, one year supervised release, blah, 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 blah. But perhaps the most um, stinging penalty was his removal as a county commissioner in New Mexico. The authorities there uh, said that, well, he was an insurrectionist and using the argument they're using against Trump in places like Colorado, they said, well, he's ineligible to serve because of the Constitution. His case may make it to the Supreme Court. We're joined by Coy Griffin right now, along with his attorney, Peter Tickton. Welcome to you both, Coy. Howdy. And uh, Peter, good to see you. And good to see um, you again. Coy, you heard my little summary there. Is that the gist of it? That's about the gist of it. You know, we, we, I, I mean, I served as an elected official out here. We're a county that's affected by an unsecured border. I appreciated the president's efforts, and through that, I formed Cowboys for Trump. 
All right, and now uh, you would like to be an office holder once again. You were selected by the office holders, by the, uh, by the people, rather. All right, so Peter Tickton, my understanding is the Supreme Court will make the decision tomorrow about whether to take this case up. Can you tell us a little bit about the mechanics of that and anything else you care to share? Yes, well, one of the judges, one of the justices, clerks basically prepares a summary of the different briefs, and then they present that to the, the nine justices of the Supreme Court as they, they all sit around a table, I guess. I'm not sure exactly how they work it, but where they basically have the justices conference where they then consider the different briefs that are before them. They take very few of the thousands of, case, of, of briefs that come to them. Uh, and this one's getting the consideration. Uh, in this particular case, they asked New Mexico to file a response to our brief, which is unusual. Uh, you know, it, gives it puts it into a different category. And New Mexico said uh, they'd prefer to waive it. They don't need to. And then the Supreme Court said, well, we know you have the right to waive it, but we really want you to answer it within the next 30 days. Uh, and 40 copies in orange covers, you know, so that's basically what, you know, we have a good shot. It, I'm, I'm hoping we get there because it resolves the same kind of issues that Donald Trump is needing to resolve, except that this is a state office and it's still the misuse of the 14th Amendment, uh, you know, in, in terms of what happened to, to Coy. Gotcha. Hey, by the way, Tickton, Tickton, T-I-C-K-T-I-N. Did you go to high school with uh, Donald yeah. Trump? You did, right? Yeah. You wrote a book about it. You I wrote did. a book about it. I, I just hit me right now. I'm sorry I didn't prepare anything. Uh, but you went to the New York Military Academy with Donald Trump. We'll have you talk about that next time. Many thanks. Uh, how about that I'll be that happy one? to. All right, Coy. So uh, how are you feeling about all this? I mean, gosh, you've been through the ringer. But maybe it's all worth it. Absolutely, it's all worth it when you keep in light the big picture, Greg. You know, I mean, what's going on with me is more about liberty and freedom than it is Coy Griffin. And, you know, we live in a country right now where, where the pundits at the top will scream our democracy is under attack. But then, yet the same people will use a civil courtroom, a bench trial before a liberal Democrat and remove a duly elected official, which in my case had already survived a recall campaign after January 6th. The people in my district spoke. They wanted me to stay. The people at the top don't. Why? Because I stand up for election integrity. That's why they're after me, Greg. I want to see that picture of you on January 6th again. This is Jen. You seem to be like the guy in charge. I know you weren't, but Ben, you're in quite a position. Uh, again, you did not enter the Capitol, correct? That's correct. And okay. And also, also, I, I want to ask you this. No, no, I got you. Do me a favor. Let me go through this with you. Um, what did you see on that day that maybe we didn't see, that maybe we didn't hear about? I mean, I, you, we've heard all kinds of things about January 6th. What's something we should know? Oh, that it was filled with just peaceful, God-fearing American love and patriots that were willing to make a sacrifice and drive all the way to Washington, D.C., many from all the way across the United States only to go and exercise their First Amendment to peacefully and patriotically stand up to redress their grievances towards a government that we believe is complicit. So everything we did was inside the bounds of the law, Greg, and uh, they've, got to, they've got to get smoke and mirrors and propaganda and gaslighting. But they're building a house of cards that will soon fall down.
Hey, by the way, I saw lots of people go, you know, you didn't charge a barricade or anything like that, correct? No. It's, it's like, I, uh, so, so, Peter Tickton, what about, what about working on the overall conviction? I mean, I know a lot of people there did not rush cops, did not even know that know. they weren't in, supposed to be in that area. And, and, I mean, I don't know, maybe this whole case can be thrown out. What do you think? You're, you're, you're at the Supreme Court anyway. Maybe you should bring that up. Well, that is being brought up in another in another appeal in another case. That that that's being handled by by Coy without me with a different counsel. But I will say, what did he do while he was on the grounds? He gathered people and he prayed and and, and they right. they prayed. So really, what he's being re removed been removed from office for? By the way, not in his own county, but in a left wing county in front of a left wing judge. He was basically removed, and for what? for preying on the grounds of the Capitol. Well, that sure. doesn't seem right at all. No. Um, Coy, good luck. The Supreme Court tomorrow, we'll see. And then, hey, if this does make it to the Supreme Court, I mean, you know, the Trump case might trump all of this, but who argues it? You, Peter? I will be arguing it, yes. Let's keep our fingers crossed that we can get there. That would be something else. That really would be. And uh, come back next time. Very quickly, you were in the same uh, uh, school year. Were you ahead, behind, and what was no, Donald No, no, it was the same school year, same section of the barracks. We lived together. He was my captain. I was his platoon, so he made me a platoon sergeant. And I got to tell you, he's one of the kindest, most wonderful people. At, at age 17, when we were together, uh, he already had incredible leadership abilities where people just wanted to do what needed to be done because they didn't want to disappoint him, not because they were ever afraid of him. And this man, when they think that you hear people say he's a racist, stuff like that, it's all such nonsense. He wasn't that way at all, the way he was brought up and the way that, that, that we were in the barracks. The New York Military Academy, an interesting little school that's still, um, that's still up and running just north of West Point in New York. That's fascinating, sir. Well, we appreciate it so much. Coy and Peter, good luck. Keep us posted, and we'll be right back. So, September 11, 2001, almost 23 years ago. It's amazing how many people alive in America, well, a lot of them don't remember. Uh, a lot of people old enough to remember and uh, should know better seem to have forgotten it, actually, and what it means. Look at the situation at the border, right? Uh, all kinds of unvetted people are coming in, including folks on the terror watch list. A new opinion piece on Newsmax.com, Blinking Red Lights, Our Border, A Terror Gateway. Actually written by Tony Perkins. Yes, Tony Perkins, legendary, the president of the Family Research Council. Tony Perkins, welcome uh, to the show. And also Brandon Judd is with us, president of the National Border Patrol Council since March of 2013, a Border Patrol agent with uh, 20 years on the job. And it looks like he's right there on the scene. Uh, actually, if you don't mind, uh, Brandon, I, I haven't seen you out. I haven't seen you in this kind of setting in a while. I know you're out there. Uh, tell us what's going on. Where are you? What are you seeing? I'm just north of the border near Naco, Arizona, one of the old stations that I used to work at. Damn. Uh, well, it's good to have you here tonight. Uh, Tony, congratulations on the piece. Um, and, and, and what compelled you to write it? I mean, we're looking at the same stuff you are. Uh, but tell us a little bit about the, the piece and anything else you want to share. Well, well, Greg, uh, thanks so much. I, I'm right here in Washington, D.C., where we're debating over sending $95 billion overseas, uh, the bulk of that going to Ukraine to help them secure their country. 
And, you know, crickets uh, from the White House and from the Senate when it comes to securing our own border. And so I started looking at the numbers. Literally, when you go back, 19 terrorists, uh, and, and I, I used to work as a contractor with the State Department in anti-terrorism back when I came out of law enforcement. So this is something I've, I've paid a lot of attention to. 19 terrorists attacked America on 9-11, and that cost, it's been calculated by Brown University, $8 trillion, two, two, you know, two decades of war. Uh, of course, we went to, to go after the Taliban, unseat them, and of course, who's in control now of Afghanistan, the Taliban. We paid a tremendous price for that. We could, we could not do that again today, based upon the $34 trillion in debt, uh, $8 trillion of that that I just mentioned, $1 trillion of that is just financing the debt from this 20-year war. So why not secure our own border first? I mean, it's like when you're on an airplane, before you put the mask on someone else, put the mask on yourself first. We can't help anyone else unless we secure our own country. Very true. Very, and can I just ask you, I mean, like, I'm, 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 I'm accustomed to you weighing in on cultural issues. Uh, and I guess, you know, obviously nobody, nobody supports, nobody's a champion of the family like you are. And if we're attacked again, that's going to devastate a lot of families. I mean, that, it, that's, it's logical that you should be engaged in this. Well, well, Greg, I mean, who fights our wars? How many young men and women have had to make sacrifices to go and fight these wars because we weren't paying attention? My, you know, I served in the Marine Corps. My children now are of the age of serving in the military. I don't want anyone's children to have to go and fight these wars, given that we could have an administration that would just simply, simply give up everything that we fought for in Afghanistan. We need to secure our border lest we face another 9-11. 19 terrorists perpetrated that on 9-11. We now know uh, that just in the last year and a half, we had 300 known the individuals on the terrorist list that were uh, interdicted at the border. Who knows how many more came in? 3,000, 3, 30,000? They're all over this yeah. country. We know that. Brandon, um, you hear what uh, Tony's talking about. What, would you, what should we be thinking about right now? What's on your mind? Well, to put it in, to put it in perspective, we got to remember that those 19 terrorists, um, they all came into the country legally. The uh, majority of them overstayed their visas. Um, but what we're looking at now is we're looking at people that are coming in our country illegally. So if we were scared about 19 people that came in our country legally that we could potentially track, what about all of those people that are coming in illegally that we can't track once they get released? When you look at the impeachment process of Secretary Mayorkas, I talked with several congressmen. What I told them that they needed to focus on is they needed to focus on the back end, not the releasing of people, because the Supreme Court in 2020 and 2023 said that that was legal. But what happens on the back end, our failure to track those individuals, our failure to go after them when they don't show up to their court appearances or when they miss their, their appointments with ICE or CIS, all of that, now they're in violation of that release order and the secretary is responsible for going after them. So when you look at the potential of terrorism, people came in this country legally and took down our um, the the Twin Towers, these people are coming in illegally. It is going to be much worse the next time something happens. Brandon, what is it like for you? I mean, right now you are a employee of the federal government, right? You are, you work for the federal government. You yeah. have lat. sorry, you're no, not? I, I, actually, I'm still the president of the National Border Patrol Council, but I'm no longer a federal employee because we're going into the election season and I can't do things that I need to do in an election as a federal employee. So when did you, what, would you, did you resign or uh, take I, a leave? I, I retired, I retired from the Border Patrol, but again, I'm still the Border Patrol agent's representative. 
Excellent. And was it tense for you when you were employed? I mean, you know, like, my goodness oh, gracious. Absolutely. Right. A a absolutely. Greg, I'm still on the border with, with my agents all the time. I'm down here on the border right now. Um, what we are, we're very frustrated seeing what this administration is doing, that they continue to pass the buck, knowing that the chances that, that a terrorist attack is going to happen is going to be well after Biden's administration. They don't care. They, they want to kick the can down the road. It's all about their own personal power rather than what's in the best interest of the American people. And Tony Perkins, um, I always see Tony Perkins and I think right away uh, family and I think Christianity and forgive me if it's on me, I think evangelical Christian and uh, if that's a fair characterization or if it's not, let me know. But it is any any um, where would you put us right now in terms of how important this struggle is? It does seem like everything is on the line. I also have a theory. Some of these cases falling apart against Donald Trump that that we should be optimistic. We got to work hard. But I feel like God is has things worked out. Well, Greg, you opened the door for me to say this. And so what I would say is that we, we, we are facing a political battle, as Brandon talked about, uh, a lack of will. But there's also a spiritual component of this. As a nation, we have to have borders and we have to have standards and we, we have to protect our own people. And we have ne negligence at the very top. And we are opening the doors, not just to these forces that want to hurt us physically, but by the policies adopted by this administration, we've allowed forces of spiritual darkness into this country that are destroying families and destroying young lives. And, and, and as Americans who care about this country and care about truth, we need to stand up and speak up. And I'm grateful for men and women who are still willing to serve in our government because we need men and women who know right from wrong to serve in these important positions. Tony Perkins, president of the Family Research Council. Thank you very much. Check out his piece at Newsmax.com. And Brandon Judd, president of the National Border Patrol Council. Thank you. And uh, to thank be continued, you. gentlemen, thanks very much. We'll be right back. And for some reason, he has a love affair with Vladimir Putin. And so uh, I don't think anybody in the West, Western leadership, understands that love affair. Seemingly at the behest of Donald Trump, whose appeasement of Vladimir Putin should come as no surprise. Donald Trump is also facing questions tonight about his relationship with Vladimir Putin. Was that Scaramucci at the top? What the hell does he know? Excuse me. Uh, look, Biden, Biden was president when Putin invaded Ukraine, right? Because he knew he was weak. I can't stand this. But... It's there for the Biden administration to glom onto, and boy, do they. Vladimir Putin said that a Biden administration would be more stable and better than a Trump administration. Your reaction? I think Mr. Biden, no, I'm sorry. I, th I think Mr. Putin knows very well uh, what this administration ha has been doing to, uh, to counter Russia's malign, Russia's malign influence uh, around the world, and certainly what they've been doing inside Ukraine. Um, uh, we've demonstrated over and over and over again uh, uh, how willing we are to, to push back uh, on what Russia's doing, again, particularly in, in Ukraine. And uh, Mr. Putin should just stay out of our elections. All I can do is look at that tie, which looks like it came from Russia. Kirby, he's a piece of work, this guy. Uh, Putin publicly says he would prefer Biden to be president, and it actually makes logical sense what he's saying here. Take a look.
Ну, тогда вопрос, который был 4 года назад и сейчас, получается, снова становится актуальным. Для нас кто лучше, Байден или Трамп? Байден. Он человек более опытный, он прогнозируемый, он политик старой формации. He says Biden. He's a more experienced and predictable person. That's what they want, predictable. Uh, Donald Trump is not predictable, and that is an advantage for us. Uh, I have to take care of this as well. Who remembers when the fake news freaked out over this audio tape? They said it's Donald Trump sharing state secrets at his club at Bedminster, New Jersey. He's not, by the way. Just listen. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. This was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. Wow. We looked at some. This was him. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Look. Mm. Wait a minute. Let's see here. <laughs> Yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. Mm -hmm. Except it is like highly confidential, yeah. <laughs> secret. This is secret information. But look, look at this. You attack. And Hillary would print that out all the time, you know. <laughs> all right, that's it. Does it sound damaging? They put it on television. They didn't bleep anything out. This was him. This was him. That's not classified information. It's not. And the media, what they did when this thing dropped, they acted like he just gave up the secrets to the uh, H-bomb. To hear Trump in his own words, as you say, speak so cavalierly about class information, literally waving a paper around, more or less saying, look, I'm committing a crime right now. It, it does not surprise me. It, it shocks me. It's if true, if all the allegations are true, it's very irresponsible and dangerous. He talks about being given by the Department of Defense a document that he says is classified. That's the crime. It's for nefarious purpose, that he'd rather burn the country down than to allow himself to be indicted But what specifically would he use it for? Money, for power, in order to uh, get out of jail free card. Uh, these people are so wrong, especially the former Secretary of Defense, Esper. I'd like to hear from him how he feels about Joe Biden reading verbatim, according to Mr. Herr, verbatim to his ghostwriter, uh, classified material allowed, reading from classified memos verbatim, verbatim. What did Trump do? Oh, this is wild, huh? This was him, this was him, this was him. He didn't say anything verbatim. This right here is the threat to national security. Where are those characters? Where is their outrage? Where is their concern for America? They're all fakes, every single one of them. I'll be right back. What do you think? Valentine's Day in the Kelly household. A balloon, uh, that's Annalise. And with her back to us, that's Madeline. And the guy in the blue shirt is my dad, Ray Kelly, longest serving police commissioner in the history of police commissioners. Next, please. <laughs> that's Madeline, she's two, with a couple of balloons. She's in awe of. 
And here they are together, four-year-old Annalise and two-year-old Madeline. I love them so much. And uh, my wife took the pictures. Hey, when did Valentine's Day become so cake and cookie oriented? There was so, there's so much cake around here yesterday and cookies. I'm still feeling it bad. Uh, anyway, happy Valentine's Day plus one, and I'll see you tomorrow night.